Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Danny Briere's plan is set into motion. What does it all mean? Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 154 of Orange and Back Check. Thank you so much for listening. As always, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when setting up. Give us a shout on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Orange and Back Check Podcast. Woo! It is, it's going to get a little slow, but we got a lot to discuss here as the, uh, the off season has officially begun a little over a week now. The draft has happened. Scott, how are we feeling after first week and a half, including the draft of the off season, where the plan for the Flyers is kind of set into place? The whole thing just feels completely different from before, like in a good way. Like it's like finally, like we have competent people running the show, and it's uh. It's it's pretty awesome that I think that you have a you drafted a generational talent. You drafted a defenseman whose dad used to be in the NHL, Radic Bonk, and he used to haunt my dreams in NHL ninety eight. <laughs> um the truth, the truth. And uh also I, I I like how they thought outside the box too and went goaltender in second and third round, even though this draft was more deeper in forwards and I, I in skating and I, I like that a lot because it shows they're really trying to build things up with this because the the goaltending depth really reared its ugly head last season. Um, they don't want a repeat of what happened in 2018-2019. We had eight goaltenders start a game for the Flyers. So I, I, I think that this is a really good positive step. I like the free agent signings, especially two of them out of the three. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm really, really – look at it this way. They said they were going to backfill with veterans – to even out the roster and they've done that and it's like this is exactly what this team needs and i'll tell you what not only am i excited for the future it's actually really exciting for this season because i'm really excited to see what this team is going to do because i got a feeling this team's going to take a bigger step than most people believe i see i i i love your positivity i love your optimism i'm not there yet but i i do agree we'll touch on the the free agency signings but sticking on the draft for a minute like you're the only thing like Mishkov is going to be a generational talent, all things considered. Like there is a very real possibility similar to what Colorado did with um, uh, why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? The defenseman. Oh, my God. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Like the fact that like he went later in the draft and now he's probably the best player in his respective draft in the Correct. Uh, Nolan Patrick and Nico Heischer draft. Correct. This might be that situation where, yeah, Connor Bedard is going to be really, really good. There was actually a really interesting, I don't know what podcast he was on, uh, unless it was his own maybe, but P.K. Subban was talking about how what Connor Bedard 
Connor Bedard and and Connor McDavid, like doing those comparisons because obviously they're two generational talents. The difference in the two, according to PK Subban, was hey, like one is you just have to let him play and you have to play around him. The other guy in Connor Bedard can just like is he's really good, but he fits in with everybody else. Like he doesn't, he's he's not as big, he's not as strong. So he just kind of like fits in and just plays to the style that's presented to him. Where it's right. Connor Bedard or Connor McDavid, you are like, just let him do what he wants. Like he I will try and play around him because of his skill base. So right. to to that, like I'm not saying he's gonna be a bust. I'm not saying he's not gonna be good. He's gonna be sufficient in the NHL cut for sure. But in two to three years, five years, six years, when Mishkov is over here, you could be really talking about a Kale McCard situation where you're like, the Flyers won the 2020-23 draft because of who they got at the time that they got at the seventh overall pick. Right. Um, I'm still nervous that because it's KHL, uh, we t- we'll, and we'll get into that uh, with this Fedotov situation that has now uh, reared its head a little bit here. Um I just I don't trust the Russians. I I like I can't trust anybody in the Russians because they try and fiddle with everything, especially well, not to get political, but because of whatever the shenanigans they're trying to pull in in the Ukraine. Like well, I think that but, is a very fearful thing. Now, Mishkov has said, like, I am going to play for the Flyers. Like Briere mm-hmm. praised them. Uh mm-hmm. like it was clear that the culture was fit. They were known. And you kind of think it really uh, sends out like the global brand that you hear and see that the Flyers have gl- uh, around the world. I mean, they're they're the Broad Street Bullies were a bra- uh, global name back in the day, and they still are, despite where we are as an organization right now. It's still one of the best organ, well known organizations throughout the world, and obviously in Russia. So Mishkov jumped at the opportunity to uh, play for the Flyers, and his agent even said. No, we did not want to be drafted by Washington at, at that eight pick. So it was a good thing that they didn't try and leapfrog, which I get. I, I mean, I didn't read the full story, but I imagine they don't want to live in the shadow of Alexander Ovechkin. Here's the full story of what happened and why Mishkov got so excited by, uh, you know, the Flyers. They knew the Flyers, they they courted him. That was their target. That was their target. They knew they weren't getting um, Fantilli, which was surprisingly would have Columbus a three, by the way. I would say that. Um so you knew Bedard was going one, you know Fantilli was the second uh, rated prospect. So here's the thing: you're you're down at number seven, and everybody's afraid of Matt Vaymichkov because oh they don't want to wait three years for him to come over. And I'm thinking to myself, that's really dumb. Sorry, because it takes three years for guys to really start developing anyway. So that's a really really short sighted view. Mm-hmm. So that's that's on them. But here's the kicker: so they shut down the Flyers training center. Or you know, skate zone Voorhees, whatever they call it nowadays, mm-hmm. and 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 they brought in Mitchcock. And it's funny because I was on I was on Twitter and I'm looking. I'm like, they they sent out a tweet saying they're shutting down everything. And I said something something's going on there. I said something's really going on there. I just dawned on me right away. I'm like, yeah, you don't shut down a whole ice rink and throw away all that for nothing. So they shut down the whole thing. They took him on a tour. He was playing air hockey. He was doing all this stuff. Uh, and it really, really enjoyed it. But here's the thing. Like, he really wanted to be a flyer after that. And there were teams, apparently, according to our buddy Anthony Sanfilippo, who said that um, he ghosted teams when they went to Nashville. And the Flyers had, like, another meeting with him in, Ash- in Nashville. That's and, awesome. and that's where, like, okay, we're, we're all sold. We're all on board with this guy. Yeah. Here's why I love this pick. 
because it's so outside the box for the Flyers. I mean, let's let's be real. First of all, Flyers don't really draft Russians. If you go back in their history, they don't draft many Russians. So, like, it's outside the box. You take one at the top of the draft anyway. Here, but I love that he's a generational talent. Like, legitimately, this guy is a generational talent as a winger. So, after I, I was really getting high on the pick before it happened, and really I was like, man, like, you know, looking through, like, that, that really is the best player available right behind him. But I get the contact situation is going to scare teams off, and he might not want to play for other teams. And if you're ghosting other teams, you know, they, they can take anyway, but they probably didn't want to, they probably didn't want to risk it. So I, I started the, the issue is to, um, is, is not that you can't find tape on him. It's that it's really hard to find because of copyright laws. So a lot of things get blocked on YouTube from Russia. So, um, I think it was elite prospects had, um, uh, had, 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 had like a, a video of it. And I started watching a lot of his video and, and, you know, just without commentary and stuff like that. And I'm watching like, there's a lot of things from this game I really like. Let's talk about, first of all, why he's considered a generational talent. First of all, speed is ridiculous. But this is a 17-year-old kid in a men's league in the KHL. Let's, let's put that in perspective here, okay? He's in a men's league. This is like taking a squirt or it's taking a peewee player and putting him in a beer league. It's the same concept. It really is. And this guy, and you're talking about talent disparity. So this guy is playing in a men's league, and he's going into the corners, and he's getting dirty, and he's he's bumping guys off the puck, and he's only 5'8 or 5'9 and like 170 pounds soaking wet. Like, and I'm saying, this kid is playing physical against men in the corners and plays with no fear. To me, I'm like, I love the kid. I love the kid just because of that. Like, yeah, granted, his passing abilities are ridiculous. His hockey sense is ridiculous. The moves he can make around players is ridiculous. There was one play where... He was uh, in the neutral zone, and he's going along the wall, and the guy, defenseman's closing the gap and getting real close to him. And what he does is he puts his hand all the way to the bottom of the stick. What he does is he moves the puck around, puts his hand all the way around the bottom of the stick and moves around him in one motion. And I'm like, how did he do that? Like, yeah. it's so fast. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, I just got more excited. But you know what? If you bring and here's here's why I'm okay with waiting even up to three years. I don't think it's gonna take that long personally. I, I just think that that you know you probably in next season or the season after he'll be over because he he wants to be here that bad. Yep. Um, that's just my personal opinion. But even if it's three years, I can't wait to see this kid play. And I tell you what, putting him and he's here's the good thing. He's a winger. He's not a small undersized center. He's a winger. So there's your skill right there. And you get a guy like Cutter Gauthier. Who's going to play with him up the middle? My God, that it's going to be lethal. I just hope they don't get into a situation where they don't have anything developing on the left wing. But you can imagine like Tyson Forrester, Cutter Gauthier, and uh, uh, what's it called? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mishkov on the right wing. Like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like, that's just I, offense I mean, galore. That alone just gets me excited. Like, that, right? is, that is so, like, invigorating to get like, oh, my God, they're one. Even if he does only three, does the full years in the KHL, he's 21 years old at that point. Right. Like, he's still a kid. You still got 15 right. years potentially of this guy. That right. He'll play in the AHL for another season or two, and then he'll jump right in. He might even jump right into the NHL, depending on how much he's dominating the KHL. Um, and then the second pick in, the, in that first round, the 22nd overall, defenseman Oliver Boink. I mean, I think Oliver, it was smart. Oliver Boink? Bonk. Boink. Boink. <laughs> what did I say? Boink. 
<laughs> Oliver Bonk. Um, I mean, the nicknames write themselves. The Bonk True. line. True. It's it's uh, it's it, like it's such a great nickname to all the the apparel shops in the Philadelphia region are going to go nuts for this kid. Right. Uh, I love him. He's a puck moving. He's a very uh, he's a t- 2023 today's NHL type of defenseman. Um, he'll get in the dirty areas. He'll move the puck when uh, on the power play if you need him to. I think like it wasn't a steal. Uh, well, it might have been because it was a little bit of a reach, according to some experts. I think only one person had them actually drafting. Y- y- but it, you know I don't what? even. It, it's uh, such a like just take the best player available, and if you appeal to a guy, get him when you can get him because he wasn't going to be there in the second round. This is a great pick. Listen, if he's anything like his dad, he's going to have a long career in the NHL. His dad was drafted third overall in '94. Radic Bach, like you know he. Uh, Radic Bong, I, I can't really compare, but at the same, like, I, you know, do that. But his dad was a center. And I, I remember his dad, his dad a lot. He played for the Senators for a really long time. I think he played for Nashville as well. Um, played for Ottawa, Nashville, Montreal as well. And so, um, look, his dad was pretty decent. Listen to his dad's numbers, okay? Now, let me put something in the clarification for you, okay? This is during the low scoring era of hockey in the 90s, okay? 95, 96, 76 games, 35 points. Okay. Not bad for a second for a 19 year old in the NHL. 96, 97, 53 games, 18 points, then 16 points. 98, 99, he starts to turn it on. 81 games, 32 points. Okay. Then he goes from 80 games, 60 points, 59 points, 70, 54, 44, and then all the way up to the lockout. After the lockout, he jumped out a little bit. But for Ottawa, for their years, they were really good in the early 2000s. 2000, 23 goals, 37 assists. Then 23 goals, 36 assists in 2001. And then topped out at 25 goals, 45 assists in um, in uh, 2001, 2002. The reason I bring that up about his dad, Radic Bonk, is because if he's anything like that, yes, he's a defenseman, but he'll have that hockey sense, especially playing center. So if his dad teaches him anything and you pick him up that high, I, I think that this is not a reach for them at all. Now, you look at him and his scouting report is that his point production is record-plaguing. It's only 40 points that he had. He makes smart passes and has a strong shot from the blue line, and that's what you need. You need someone to drive that offense. You need more of it. You don't have enough depth in your system to be able to do that. Speed isn't as strong as suit, but he's a good skater. He's able to shut down rushes. So overall, this is a top four defenseman that you drafted. And the at the end of the first round down the line, because think about it, like by the time that Oliver Bonk is ready, it's probably going to be, you know, three to four years from now. So at times with the rebuild and you're thinking of maybe pairing someone with him, like or the Cam York or an Igor Zamula or um, yeah, Emil Andre, you know, that's what you have to start thinking of. Not like, oh, yeah, the Travis Sainheims of the world and, you know, Raster, Rasmus Ristolainen. I, you can't go wrong with a defenseman like that, and it's not like he's a world beat or anything, but you're looking for a defenseman. You're not looking for anything major. Some, most of the time, you just need, okay, we need solid. We need something solid, and I, I think that's what they picked here with, with Oliver Bonk, and I, I, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And, 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 and look, the other thing that they did was draft some goalies. Uh, they got back into the second round after not having one. Uh, thanks again to Mr. Chuck Fletcher, who has set this organization back. Years. I disagree. As, but anyway, um, 
we'll get into that in a second here with uh, Mr. Tony D'Angelo's expected trade. Um, took some took some trade or took some goalies backing up Carter Hart, not backing up obviously, but adding depth to to behind to to fill in that pipeline uh, with the Fedotov situation. We'll re- we'll weave him into this conversation as well. Um, look, it's very clear. Carter Hart is going, in my opinion, at least it Carter Hart's going to be on this roster next year. Like he's going to play. He's not going to be traded. And now the circumstances of why he's not being traded are up for debate. I, I legitimately think that there is some toxicity to him. I think because whether that's his fault or is not remains to be seen because of this pending investigation with the Canadian team. Nobody wants that. Like nobody wants to tr- get that baggage. Like there is a real chance. Like there is high value down the line for Carter Hart, depending on how he does the next couple of years, which I don't anticipate any sort of setback. But because of the unknown in this situation where he can't talk about it, his agent's not talking about it, his lawyers are not talking about it, they're just kind of in this weird holding pattern. So to add depth is just smart sense by a guy like Danny Breer. I mean, look at Ron Hextall, all his criti- all his criticisms, all his misfortunes that he did. The one thing he did pretty well in is building that pipeline for the, the for the goal. You you drafted Carter Hart. So Danny Breer is just following suit. I like Bjornsson. I like um uh who's the other one? Uh the Russian. Um, his name is uh Igor Zavragin. Yeah, Say let's that go five with that. Times yeah, let's go with that. So, hey, I, Russian goalies. You can't go wrong with Russian goalies. You can't go wrong. Nowadays. You yeah. can't go wrong with Russian goaltenders. You really can't. I mean, it, it's just adding depth. You're not going to see these guys in the United States for a couple of years. You're not going to see them for in the Flyers uniform at all for the next couple of legitimately the Flyers uniform for several years. And that's totally fine because they're both teenagers. They're really, really young. But I think it's just smart the hockey sense. Like, you have to build the pipeline because of how on a dime. Carter Hart's career could go up in flames or you have to trade him, whatever the case. Like you need to have a system in place where the next man up mentality, um, especially as this Fedotov thing continues to play out where all intents and purposes, he's never playing here for the Flyers, despite signing that ELC last year. Like it is a joke that, and this is my point with the uh, the fear of, of Mishkov, like it is a joke that the KHL is like, oh, well, the paperwork you guys sent is wrong and we can, we're just going to keep no, There's them. no transfer agreement anymore. Then they but don't recognize it's, that. It's neither, bullshit, neither team, though. Yeah. It's, it's absolute. Like the, the fact that they the NHL is going to challenge us. I, I, I have no doubt about that. But it doesn't matter. Like the KHL just owns these players outright and can do it on a dime of just like, eh, we lost the paperwork. Sorry. It's like, that's not on us, man. Sorry, you lost the paperwork. Give us the guy that we signed and drafted a couple of years back. And he some, he lived out his time in Siberia or wherever the hell he was. Like, it's a joke that the KHL continues to pull this. And again, not to get political, that is the overarching theme of why people have a problem with Russia. Like, it, it, they just pull this bullshit. And, it, and it's really, really a shame. Um, but again, probably why the Flyers for years never drafted Russians because of the shenanigans that they try and pull. And they're taking a risk. And it's fine. I'm fine taking a risk when you're in a rebuild. Um, just understand what might happen if if it blows up in your face like it did with Fedotov. And here's the thing, too. I, I, I personally don't get the hype about Fedotov. It is a chance for someone. But here, here's the kicker that you really have to, have to understand as a goaltender. He's coming over from the KHL, bigger rank than the NHL. Okay, he's not coming over here and pushing Carter Hart right away. He's not. 
Last year was an opportunity because they didn't have many options. You have options now. You, you have you have Sam Erson. You have Cal Peterson. You have, even if you need to, you go to Felix Sanchez, who's got NHL experience. I, I don't think he's any more than NHL backup at best. But um, I, I don't think that that bring Fedotub over here automatically means he's on the NHL roster. I think more or less he's going to see him in the, K, in the AHL for a while developing. But here's the risk with that. He's almost 28 years old. Yeah. So that's why it's you're talking, yeah. yeah, like like you're talking about like you want a 28 year old goaltender to be kind of your savior <clears throat> or you want to see him that bad. Like, you know, he's last week he's vacationing in Dubai. Like sometimes you have to kind of just say, hey, look, you know, things didn't work out. Move on. He might be a prospect, might be great, but he's 28 years old. I mean, you're not looking at Nicholas Backstrom from Minnesota situation. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's not that's not what's going to happen here. And even so. Um, not to digress, Nicholas Backstrom, he played very solid for a couple of years, but he wasn't like, you know, one's going to take you to the promised land. Yeah. He was a good goalie. Fedotov might be the same thing, but even so, he's got to come over here and he's got to adjust. But so 28 yeah. years old almost, I, I, I'm not putting too much stock in that at this point. I think he's no, you can't. Forward. I think the Flyers, why they drafted a goaltender in the second and the third round. And it's so not now even you that. have some depth in the pipeline. And exactly. And Danny Breer still pulled off one, a very smart move. A couple uh, like it seemed like minutes later after he uh, re-signed in the KHL for Fedotov. Before we get to that, this episode, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or visit one 800 or excuse me, or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut, help is available for for gambling problems. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings sportsbook.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus leg leg required for one hundred percent boost eligibility. Wagering and deposit restrictions apply. The reason I am so hyped on Danny Briere is because he immediately sees this crap that Russia pulls in the KHL with Ivan Fedotov and says, you know what? Fine, here's my backup. And he goes and signs former first or third round pick in 2021, Alexei Kolosov, to his ELC. He's Belarusian. He's in the KHL. He's going to be playing over there, but he's not letting the KHL bully him. His immediate thought is, fine, you're going to keep Fedotov after making him serve in the military for an unjust reasoning or whatever the case, so he couldn't come to us as a, as a team. Fine, I'm going to move on and get you the next guy. And that's... And, all of these guys want to get out of Russia. That is the other yeah. thing that really bothers me. They yeah. all don't want to stay there. They know that the creme de la creme is the NHL. So what does Danny Breer do? He says, fine, 
fuck you. I'm getting the next guy. And that's what he does. Again, this is the difference of why I'm so hyped. And maybe if you go back, if we were doing this podcast back in uh, 2017, 2018, when we we were led by Ron Hextall, I was probably saying something similar. But you know what? I'm excited because Danny Breer is not letting people push him around. And he's trying to make a name for himself as a first-time NHLer who has to do his first time as a GM in the NHL, rebuilding an entire not just team, but fan base, it feels like. And this is how you do it. You don't let others push you around. So good on you, Danny Briere. Applause. Thank you very Great. much, sir. My, my only concern about Kolosov is that I really just hope he doesn't go from the Jedi to the Sith, you know, Lord mm, thing, mm-hmm. because he looks exactly like Anakin <laughs> Skywalker. So- <laughs> <laughs> I really hope it doesn't come over here. Oh, I signed a three year deal. Now I want to go like to the Rangers. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. So, anyhow, I, no, look, you, you got to do what you got to do with that kind of stuff. And I, I, I applaud Danny Breer for having a plan B in place and really saying, okay, look, if, if this is the thing, then it, so Fedotov situation was, was, you know, it's, in, it's, um, it wasn't convenient for the Flyers, but you know what? They're moving on. And, you know, I, I believe that Fedotov already signed with CSKA, CKSA or anyway. Yeah, in he did. Russia. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I think it's I mean, a three-year. It's the equivalent of an ELC, but obviously for, right. I think yeah. they called so, it 50 million yeah. rubles, which translates yeah. to like 500,000 US. So, good for you becoming yeah. a ruble millionaire, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Great currency for it to go even even more south as it goes along. Uh, speaking uh, of bad, know, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, even so, like, and at that point, you're not bringing over a 30 year old goaltender. So I don't yeah. think that Fedotov, unless for he's gonna, if he plays in the NHL, it'll be for another team. It'll be, it'll be for another team. It'll be a journeyman like scenario where you're just kind of bouncing mm-hmm. up and down between the AHL and the NHL, yeah. kind of filling in on a roster emergency basis type of thing. I uh, just really hope it doesn't turn into like you know, remember the monster? Um, what's it called? Uh, it, what was his name? Uh, Jonas Gustafsson. Remember mm-hmm. him? Remember yep. the hype around Jonas Gustafsson? Yep. And he came to the NHL and he wasn't good. No, he, was he wasn't good at all. The yeah, monster was really... so, so, so everybody was going after him, going after him, going after him. And, and Gustafsson, my God, I don't, let me look at his, his stats. Let me just pull these up real quick. I, I think his, his career average was, yeah, 2.88 and a 901 save percentage. That is nothing to write home about. His best save percentage in his career was a 911. And yeah, his best say, I mean, best goals against average was a two fifty uh, two point five six, and that's because in twenty fourteen fifteen he played seven games for Detroit. So um, that tells you right there that you can't always just go say, "Oh, he's a great goalie prospect." So, so is Jonas Gustafsson, and his career was not great. No, yeah, it's true. Uh, speaking of bad contracts, when we were talking about Ivan Fedotov. The Tony D'Angelo contract, I hated it when they did it last offseason. It was one of the reasons that really pushed me over the edge with Chuck frickin' Fletcher. Um, he's expected to be traded. Sometime today, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, July 9th. Uh, mm-hmm. They're legally, whatever whatever the term you want to say, legally allowed to, whatever, under the CBA as of yesterday, July 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to be a great return. It's, it's just to get, get us off your books uh, yep. because – I don't. I, I. It was very evident that Tony D'Angelo didn't bring anything to this roster, especially the last. What did he miss? Last twenty games, twenty five, like something crazy. Uh, he was not a part of it. Tortorella was not putting up with him. I just. I, he is the classic guy that you look at him and you're just like, unless you're winning, you don't want to put up with him. Like, right. and that's how you get off him. So I'm anticipating sometime today, early tomorrow, uh, he'll finally be. Uh, 
taken off and put uh, on the Carolina roster, which is a and good Don, And Don Waddell has said that trade is going down. It's in place. Yeah, so it's, exactly. not, it's not going to anything. Man, no, he's coming here. The only reason that they couldn't do it before is because, again, Chuck Fletcher didn't read the fine print of no, how the CBA no, worked. No, no, But they, no, that is, that's no, absolutely why no, it happened. No, it's actually not Fletcher's fault here. It, it's actually the NHL's fault for saying it's cap circumvention. Listen to this. This is the reason why. Because if you're retaining salary on a contract, you can't trade the player within one calendar year of, of, of acquiring the player. Okay. Here's the deal, though. When the Flyers received him, this is the argument. When the Flyers received him, his contract was expiring. He was a, he, Chuck Fletcher signed the new contract. So all they're doing is that legit, they're not circumventing anything. It's that, okay, we're going to trade this guy back. But it was a new contract that was signed. It was not signed by, it wasn't his original contract. It was a new contract. Yano says, no, your NHL said, no, you're, you're circumventing the cap by doing that. How? How are you circumventing the cap? It right. doesn't make any sense at all. It is a ridiculous argument that the NHL is making, and it's what happens when you have a, a bunch of, you know, old white guys who can't read the rules right. The, the, plain and simple. Here's the technicality I see it from a legal standpoint. You have a contract. It expired. A new contract was signed. We're going to trade this contract, not the one that expired a year ago, we're going to trade the contract that is active, and they're going to retain 50%. Oh, no, you can't do it till one calendar year. You have to wait a full calendar year because that's what the rules say. And, <laughs> you know, we're old white men, and we do what we do because we like control. That's what happens. Please, and, and, never and do that again. I won't. But uh, that's what that's care. what happens. It happens. And and that that's, that's the annoyance I find about the NHL. It's like, you know what? I said, you're going to do all these investigations and all this shit. And you have Bruno Luongo, you know, sign a 15 year contract and you cap recapture. like, especially for the um, Oliver Ekman Larson deal where they, where they bought him out and there's cap recapture for Arizona now and stuff. Now you'll do all this nonsense and you'll do all these different things and do, but legit, like, Hey, look, we just want to trade this contract to this team. And they're going to, we're going to, we're going to pay him 50% of it. No, you can't do that. You're circumventing the cap. It just gives them an excuse to say cap circumvention because yeah. it sounds like it's really, really. Impressive. It sounds like no. it's way really yeah. important. And it, it, it's not. It, detrimental it's to the league. absolutely yeah. pointless when you're doing that. <laughs> so the fact that that whole shit had to go down and I had to wait is absolute nonsense by the National Hockey League. Like these are freaking lawyers who run this goddamn thing in Bettman and Bill Daly. Yep. And they can't just say, well, it's in the rules. We're not to follow the rules. I'm sure the players really have a problem with this. No. They don't care. Uh, All right. Well, Tony D'Angelo is expected to be moved. You'll get a fringe prospect that you might be able to get, change of scenery type of thing, but probably nothing, anything big. You just get Tony D'Angelo's 50% off your books, and down the line, he's gone forever, which is great. And before we wrap up, we should touch on the free agent signings the Flyers have made. because Oh, did we not hit that part? Oh, shit. We did did not not. do that part. Um, I, I, I think the big one was obviously Mark Stahl, which all of these excite me to some extent because it is the classic thing you see with um a rebuild to bring in these fringe veterans back into their career veterans because the coach can only do so much in terms of implementing his culture now you need to really bring in guys that like listen this is going to be rough going for 82 games we might be a friend if if they're optimistic if they're as good as you think they're going to be scott and optimistic and they are a fringe playoff team Fantastic, but you need mm-hmm. uh, veterans in there to grind them through the tough times when they're on that six-game losing streak on the road, when they're on that five-game losing streak at home and they don't know how to get out of it. 
these guys like Mark Stahl can get you out of it. And that's important for the culture. Like if you're trying to rebuild the culture with not just the team again, but with also the fan base, you do this kind of thing. So these are all like low risk, high reward uh, signings that Danny Breer is doing. And they're all, I think they're all one year deals, except maybe I know one of them was a two year, which I believe uh, was Hathaway. Hathaway was two years. Yeah. Hathaway yeah. was two years. So great. Like this is exactly the kind of stuff that you expect um, for a team like this. That is unsure of what they are at this point. Uh, maybe they have internal discussions of what they think they are. Um, uh, yeah, I, I it's, I'm good with all of them. Honestly. Now listen, I, I'm good with the Mark Stahl one for on the ice. And I'm not trying to make this political, and I hate the fact that we have to say this disclaimer all the time. This is my personal opinion. He was one of the players last year with Florida who um, decided not to wear the uh, the pride jerseys one night as well. So, yeah. um, you know, I have an issue with that, but the NHL and, and, and that caused the NHL to not do the whole thing next season, which really, really aggravates me. Um, but that's neither here or there. It is what it is. Um, we just need to get better. But anyway, I like the Mark Stahl deal because here's why. You're adding a veteran defenseman to a young core to help build these guys up and let them know what John Tortorella is expecting of them. He Don't forget, he's, he's, he's the only Stahl brother that does not want a cup. And also, he played under John Tortorella for a long time in New York and was a very, very valuable player for them. <clears throat> so he knows what to expect out of this. And it's a good way to kind of mold these guys the way that Tortorella wants them to play. I love that. I love it for the intangibles part of it. And plus, he played like 20 minutes a night underneath uh, it, when they went to the final this past season. So mm. he, he still has game left in him. I'm really great with this. I, I'd be okay if it were a two-year deal even. I know he's a little bit older. He's 36, but you, you don't need anything. He's, 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 your, he's probably your anywhere from, your, uh, from four to seven. And he's not going to be a top pairing. He's not going to be playing 25 minutes a night. That's somebody he's here for. He's here to develop the young guys and help them move them along. My favorite out of this though is Garnet Hathaway. I love Garnet Hathaway. I love his game. I love his game where he just he's a lot like um what was that guy a couple of years ago? Oh my god, they traded him from they got him from Phoenix or something or Arizona. Uh who was your favorite player? Uh, oh, uh, uh, Piccolo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler Pitlick. Pitlick he reminds yeah. me a lot like Tyler Pitlick. I mean, look, he's a 31-year-old player, 6'2, 212. He's got some body, played at Washington for a really long time. Um, I believe that he won. That he, I don't know if he won a couple of them in 2018. Um, but it's I, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of Garden Hathaway. 17. No, no, he played with Cal. It was the year after. So uh, he played with Calgary beforehand. I just like the way he plays the game. It's it's a bottom six player that adds some grit and toughness and helps give that identity. He's got no outstanding skill whatsoever. He doesn't shoot well because he doesn't shoot often. And, but he he does the little things that you need on a hockey team that protect these young guys. And Ryan Poling is really an interesting one. And, and the reason why is because, you know, he's 24 and the Penguins didn't tender him, which, which is really strange because he was a first round draft pick in 2017, I believe it was. Yeah, 2017, he was first round draft pick. And I believe in his first game um, of his career, he like... He did. He scored a lot of points, but the, the key is with him is that I look at this and saying, I, I, I think there's more there, and I think this is really a development project for the Flyers. I mean, look, he doesn't do anything outstanding, but if you get him in the right situation and the right under the right coach, you could have an Adam Fox in situation hands. One year, one point four million dollars is nothing, 
So, you know, as a speed player, um, and it has, you know, he can, he has, he has some skill, but like, it's just apparently according to a scouting report, it's, it's just consistency isn't really there. I just think there's more there with this. I just really think that there's there's something where the Flyers, if they can get more out of this, there there's still an opportunity for him to to become an impact player and a surprise impact player. Um, not like impact, like hey, we're gonna put him on top line, but I'm saying <clears throat> he can impact the roster and add to the scoring depth on their bottom six. And I think that that's something that could be really important for this team. Six two one ninety six, good size, and he has four years experience. So, and a twenty four year old, he's still rounding out his game. It's I think there's a little bit more there. Usually, we're at 24, 25. You kind of see what you, you know, what you see is what you get with most players. But there's always that those late bloomers, and I, I, I never will not take a flyer on a guy, no pun intended, for someone who who had who has like not really met the expectation, but just probably needs to be in the right situation. And I yeah. think that Tortorella, if Tort, if, if you can't get the most out of a player from John Tortorella, then that's that's then you you know you're not getting anything else in my yeah. mind. Yeah, and it's just nice to have the depth there uh, for Agreed. T- teams that are in the flyer situation. So Agreed. let's Agreed. see how it goes. Uh, that is going to do it. Episode 154 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Hello, promo code THPN when signing up. And thank you, as always, again, to the Hockey Podcast Network. Make sure you check out our YouTube page, Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we did some great stuff uh, during the Stanley Cup final. We did a watch party as the, the uh, draft went along. And uh, we got some more stuff in, in, in the works, hopefully, seeing what we can do with everyone there. Uh, give us a follow, uh, Orange Backcheck, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Description or the links are in the description below. And as always, we'll catch you again next time. The second Russian invasion for the... Oh, nope. Just started off on it. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs>